The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice and Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery on Unity FM Radio. I'm Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice. And I'm Reverend Dan Beckett. And together, we discuss ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your recovery journey. And as today's show is an interactive discussion, if you're listening live, you can call in with your comments and questions. The number is 816-251-3555. Again, the number is 816-251-3555. And Facebook users, you can also connect with us on our page, Spirit of Recovery, to share your thoughts and comments. So advancing confidently, the name of this show, there's a famous quote from Henry David Thoreau about advancing confidently in the direction of our dreams. Do you have dreams that you would like to see become realities? Are you seeking clarity about your direction in life? Many of us begin the recovery journey feeling stuck and limited. And sometimes, even after years of clean and sober time, we can find ourselves again feeling aimless. Today, we want to talk about practical ways that you can rekindle your dreams and advance confidently toward making them realities. Yes, well, I uh, thought back and can think of many times in my life, um, mainly pre-recovery, but certainly uh, afterwards as well, where you know, I felt like I was kind of stuck in a rut, you know, maybe doing the same things too much over and over. Like, for instance, my my job would feel mundane, you know, not very exciting, not particularly fulfilling, feel like well, I'm living in the same house, driving the same car, on the same road, same town. So that kind of sameness, I remember that happening uh, particularly now, this was years ago, so this has been uh, prior to uh, getting sober for me. Um, you know, feeling that very way about uh, a job where it was all I could do to drag myself in there and uh, try and stay occupied and, until the end of the day when it was okay to leave. Uh, I don't like that uh, feeling of, um, you know, sort of being on a on a treadmill. It's almost like the, you know, it feels like the zest of life is gone or something, and I'm just existing. I'm not living. Uh, I'd rather live than just exist. You know, I've gotten to that place several times in my lifetime, and it 
for me, gets all wrapped up in this one phrase, is that all there is? You know, it's kind of like I've I've had my run. I've tried to do what I wanted to do. I, I've got my life boxed into this little tiny box from all the decisions that I made and such. And I find myself in this place where I'm doing the same thing you just described, this mundane, stupid, boring, glum life where it's all the sameness and I can see no future. And I think to myself, is that all there is? Is this all there is? You know, I don't believe that life was meant to be that way, but yet I found I found myself in this position more than once. Yeah, uh, I, I share that same experience. And I've noticed that um, any, any rut that I've been uh, with previously, it was a groove, right? But if I stay in a groove too long, it becomes a rut. And I'm definitely a creature of habit. I mean, I think my... In much of my life, uh, my go-to thought is if one's good, two's better. You know, if that's not an addict's thought, I don't know what is. Um, and so it, it can be uh, attractive for me to, you know, find something that I like doing and then think, okay, doing this is what it's all about. And, the, and I'll keep doing it until it's, it's not, you know, it, like I said, the life has gone out of it again. And I think for me, um, it's been a long learning process to be able to, um, you know, find my way out to keep some newness going, to be willing to, um, entertain new ideas or, or new ways of being, uh, when I, in those times when I feel like, um, you know, my groove has turned into a rut. You know, I think for me, it was fear that kept me in the rut. I had, um, constructed my life in a way where I had a job that was secure, I had a relationship that seemed secure, everything was safe, safe, safe in in my emotional life. And I was fearful of trying anything new, of expanding beyond those boundaries into what might be possible to the point that I had quit dreaming about what might be possible or where could I go or what might the future hold. I, I liked to be comfortable, and that's one thing about a rut is that it's comfortable to be in the rut until it's not. Yeah, it, it's definitely familiar is a word that comes to mind because I felt this, the same way, you know, kind of designing a life or getting myself in a situation that did feel comfortable and familiar and safe and then sort of concluding, you know, this, this is, I've arrived like I win, I'm done or something like that. I don't know what, uh, only to find that staying there, um, it wasn't the answer, but I was so focused on getting there that once I got to that, uh, comfortable, familiar and safe, uh, way of living, um, I think I just sort of stopped thinking about it again, thinking, okay, I'm, I'm done. I did it accomplished, check that off. Uh, and before you know it, it's not so fun anymore. You know, and I think another thing for me is the fear of change. You know, it wasn't as much of the fear of being uncomfortable as much as it was the fear of change. And uh, somebody told me one time that change is the law of life. I mean, even if you look at a tree, it grows, it changes, it drops its leaves, it, it, it you know, changes form and everything and, and change is the law of life. And I somehow acquired an idea that if everything would stay put, and if I rearranged my life just a certain way, that I would be comfortable, and if everything would just stay there, I would be fine. 
Yeah, I absolutely have noticed that and and remembered and called on that idea that everything changes. Everything in the natural world changes. Then we might even uh, you know look at the sun and say, well, the sun doesn't change. The sun's in a constant state of change. I mean, the scientists will tell us. You look at it with the telescope; it's roiling. You know, it's boiling. It's it's alive and it's active. And uh, they also tell us that in however many billion years, right, it's going to expand and eat up the Earth anyway, which used to disturb me. And then I thought, you know, I probably won't be here in a couple billion <laughs> years, so that's okay. But the point is, even things that don't seem like they're changing are changing very slowly. I, I totally agree. It is the way of the world. And, and I was, uh, like you, looking for um, uh, to set something up that, uh, seemed like it was workable and then to not want to change. You know, that, that fear of change is, live, lives in me as well. You know, I had to become aware of that. You know, so much of what we talk about is becoming aware, becoming aware of what, what we have been doing unconsciously. How do we operate on autopilot and what's driving us in terms of emotions and ideas and attitudes that keep us in this rut? And I was not overly uh, excited about the, the, the idea that I was going to have to examine those things. You know, as somebody put it, I had to become aware of my unconscious, unexamined life. And I had to start looking at my life and saying, what am I doing? And what am I thinking? And what do I believe? And I knew a lot of things I did not believe but I didn't know a lot of things that I did believe. And somebody said to me, where's your faith? And I thought about that a while. And to me, faith had always meant uh, somebody else's conception of God, somebody else's conception of a puppeteer telling me what my life was going to be and, and deciding for me what my next move was. And I didn't want any part of that. And so I, looking at faith, realized that I had lost any sense of guidance that faith could give me early in my life because of the people that had disappointed me. I put my faith in people. And then I put my faith in knowledge and, and information and intellect. And I put my faith in my own ability to figure things out. And it was only at the point when I became ill, actually, with cancer and was medicated and walking through some difficult stuff and lost those abilities that I was forced to reexamine my ideas about how does the world work and do I need to change and what do I need to look at? Yeah, sometimes, and it's been my experience that uh, I would, uh, in the past especially, maybe not so much now, be really not inclined to change unless I had to, you know, unless something dire was going on. Um, I was very comfortable continuing to do the same thing. And that, of course, is where, um, you know, my addiction figured into all of this because um, part of the same thing that I was doing was uh, drinking in the evenings. And, you know, and that, of course, slowly took on a life of its own. But that kind of became the antidote to, you know, whatever it was that was going on. I remember that uh, for much of my life, and this is still in play a little bit, not nearly as strongly, but my whole goal in life was to clear my schedule. So there was nothing that I needed to do. And, um, you know, that's a... Uh, I don't find that a particularly uh, fulfilling motivation. Um, I still really appreciate and need, um, you know, self-care time, time that is unstructured. I, I take a, 
a Sabbath day every week. And, and because I preach on Sundays, that day for me is Monday. Monday is my nothing on the calendar, don't need to do anything in particular or be anywhere in particular. My challenge is to keep it that way. I find that people keep putting things on my calendar and the person who does that is me. And uh, <laughs> I need to stop doing that. But I've gotten pretty good about it. But just that you know, wanting everything to be, to stay still, like you're describing to let's just stop changing so that I can get a handle on what's going on. The world used to move much too fast for me. I could not keep up. You know, that reminds me of a line. It's my favorite line in the big book of AA. And it says, some of us have tried to hold on to old ideas and the result was nil until we let go. Absolutely. And the reason it's my favorite line is because it describes exactly where my pain point is. It's when I hold on to old ideas. The old idea, I can add that to my calendar. I've got an extra 10 minutes here. The idea that if I just try a little harder, I can make this work. You know, the idea that, um, you know, it could, it could be any idea across any facet of my life. And, and I'm still having faith and in, in, in belief in my ideas that are driving my life. And until I can recognize that and put my faith someplace else, turn the direction of what it is that I'm leaning on that's guiding my life, then that creates a pain point for me. And, you know, before I got into recovery, the thing that guided my life that I could always count on was the alcohol. Yes. Same, same with me. Uh, that, that was the, um, that was what filled any gap for me. You know, it made, uh, for a while, it made everything okay. And as we say, it works till it doesn't. Uh, part of the problem is when it was working, it was working really well. And then when it wasn't working, it was a disaster. So we've been uh, talking about feeling aimless and stuck and in a rut. We know what the problem is. I, I imagine everyone who's hearing our voices can identify and has been there. But what is the solution? Well, I think that the solution is to gain um, something that gives our lives meaning and purpose. You know, we can change our lives when we believe that we can. And so we have the ability to choose what we think about. You know, I didn't used to think that was true. I used to think that my mind had a life of its own, which it did. And I, something would come into my mind and I had no way to change or redirect those thoughts. And so therefore those negative thoughts, that stinking thinking drove my life. Yeah. I think of course, what we're talking about and we've started to touch on it already is the, the power of faith. And we know that unity co-founder Charles Fillmore defined 12 skills or attributes that we all have. And he called these things, the 12 powers. And you'll hear that often in uh, unity church and you'll hear uh, Lonnie and I using that a lot. And each of these powers can function as a spiritual tool that we can use to change our lives for the better. So in the recovery literature, when it's laying out the problem, it describes it like this. It says, besides the seeming inability to accept much on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. Many of us have been so touchy that even a casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. And then it goes on to say, people of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. And actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. And so for me, that points out where the answer is. 
that I need to have some concept of faith, some concept of a logical approach to life that works because mine was not working. Yeah, I, and I agree. I love that passage. I'm going to have to make a note of that um, because it's it's so true. And some of these things like this that we read in the recovery literature, I, you know, at first blush and said, that doesn't make any sense. That's not me. You know, I, I don't feel that way. Only later uh, in recovery to realize, well, it actually is me and does describe me pretty well. I did have um, strong prejudice against anything uh, religious, anything talk of God or church or faith or what have you made absolutely no sense to me because I could not see it. All I could see were the things that people would run around talking about, um, you know, when they talked about God and faith and church and all of that. But what I've learned uh, about faith, and this absolutely works for me, is that uh, I can change my life when I believe that I can. And that belief in new possibilities, new opportunities, uh, doors always opening. That for me is a core part of what faith is. It's it's not uh, you know faith in some external thing that is going to um, you know shower me with uh, riches or or what have you, but rather knowing for a fact that the best days of my life are ahead of me. That's how faith shows up for me one way. Well, I think your your point is well taken that there are many ways that it may show up for somebody. I think of the power of faith as being the ability to believe, not what I believe in. It, it's more like I believe that. I believe that things will turn out okay, as opposed to believing in somebody's going to show up and make things turn out okay, or something is going to make things turn out okay. And so in in looking for an illustration, one one thing that comes to my mind is um, I think of it like a uh, kind of like a spin the bottle. My ability to believe is the pointer on the bottle, and I spin the bottle, whatever it's pointing to. But what it points to determines the course of my life. So I have this ability that says I can believe. But my question is, what am I believing in? And I'll give an example. One of the things that I recognized in doing the work that I believe in was lack and limitation. Everything pointed to, I kept thinking, we're, there's not enough, there's never enough, there's not enough love, there's not enough time, there's not enough friends, there's not enough money, there's just not enough. And so I found that to be the core, actually, one of the, root, uh, one of the roots of this situation with me. I had to start working on changing my belief that there's not enough to my belief that I live in an abundant world and I'm well taken care of. And so I think of faith as a pointer. What's it pointing to? What am I, what am I choosing to believe? Yeah, so in that uh, illustration, um, it's, it's sounding like you had faith in both circumstances. It is the what, what was it aiming at? You know, what, what were you invested in? What did you believe to be true? But uh, in both situations, you did believe something to be true. So in, in that sense, you had faith um, either way. I can definitely see that. Um, Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore described faith, uh, at least in one way, as spiritual assurance. And that's kind of um, a sense of it that that's a big takeaway for me, that idea that the, the best days are ahead. Uh, he called it the power to do the seemingly impossible. He referred to it as a magnetic power that draws 
us to our heart's desire. Uh, it's a deep inner knowing that that which is sought is already ours for the taking. And that, of course, if, if one is familiar with it, is, is uh, unity prosperity language very strongly, that idea that uh, that which we desire is uh, on its way or even more absolutely is already there uh, for the taking. So Mr. Fillmore ties faith to this assurance that uh, we can realize our dreams. And I have experienced that uh, aspect of it as well, that um, knowing that uh, if I'm in a rut, I can come up with, you know, think of, even uh, create a new idea of a way to be. And then faith will help me to feel that, yes, I can absolutely do that. So I've always found this to be kind of tricky because I can say I believe something, but I have had trouble changing the object of my faith until I've had experience. And I relate what I um, experienced early in the recovery program, which was I didn't have any faith that what somebody told me to do was going to work, but I tried it. Well, it worked one time. Guess what? Okay. So the next time I go, well, that's a 50-50 chance. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Somebody told me to do something similar again. I try it. Okay, that worked too. Well, it isn't until I get a track record that I built any kind of confidence, and I still wouldn't call that faith because I'm still relying on materialistic proof, my own experience for that to, to, um, to show up in me. But after repeated experiences like that over the years, I have come to understand, you know, resting on internal guidance and other spiritual principles, I can take things on faith now. I can say, oh, okay, well, perhaps I should try that, or perhaps that is a direction that I should, should look. You know, and it helped me a lot when somebody pointed out to me that I'm always using faith. It's just what's it attached to? You know, when Mr. Fillmore said that it was a magnetic type of thing, you know, the magnet can attach to the rusty tin can in the street, <laughs> or it can attach to the side of your refrigerator. What am I attached to? Yeah. Yes, I can definitely see that. Um, you know, I, I think that part of me must have been wired for unity thinking even years before I discovered unity, because this concept of choosing our thoughts, uh, which for, you know, one thing I have faith in is that I can choose my thoughts. I believe that to be true. And because I believe it to be true, I experience it to be true. Um, I can change my thoughts, which means I'm choosing things. So why don't I choose good stuff that I want to happen? Or in the past, even years before um, I got sober and years before I discovered unity, I realized that many of us were just, were just running around making stuff up. And I thought, well, if I'm just going to make stuff up, why don't I make up good stuff? Doesn't that seem like a good idea? Now, of course, it's not quite uh, as easy done that way as said, but I had some kind of insight um, in, in, a, in, a, in what I see now as an expression of the, that faith in our ability to choose our thoughts and the power, you know, faith in the, in the resulting power that that has to transform our life experience, you know, from being in a rut to realizing our dreams. You know, and I think you've already mentioned that um, one of the definitions is faith is a deep inner knowing. And while you can add on to that sentence in many different ways, faith is a deep inner knowing. I think that brings a level of confidence with it and a level of comfort. 
Um, and it was a while before I arrived at that. I had faith in external things I mentioned earlier about being, having faith in people and, and information and knowledge and in myself. Well, I grew to have faith in spiritual principles as I learned them in the in the 12-step program that if I start with the spiritual principle of the first step, which is honesty, and I start there every time when I'm trying to figure out what my next direction is, I will arrive at a better answer than if I don't. So I began to trust this thing called spiritual principles, and by the time I got to the third step looking for a higher power, which the spiritual principles faith, I I was a lot more comfortable with this concept. Yeah, I can see that, um, and what, what it sounds like is that you um, got to the place where your faith was pointed at a higher power instead of um, you know so, something that not serving or supporting your your life experience. Well, I think that's true. And what I also came to realize is that I have always pointed to a higher power as just what was that. For a long time, my higher power was the alcohol and drugs. It guided my life. It decided where I was going to be, who I was going to be with, what I was going to do, how much money I was going to spend, you know, what activities I participated in. It made those decisions for me. And today I have redirected that pointer of faith, if you will, to a higher power that serves me in a much better way. Yeah, it sounds like the higher power that's a spiritual higher power because I don't I don't know that I would describe that higher power uh that I also have shared as something spiritual. You know, to no. me my alcohol addiction was was based on a thing, a substance, something I could put my hands on, reach out to. That's true. And most of my um struggles in that area were reaching out. And it was not until I arrived in unity and learned about God within me that I was able to make that corner to turn that to a more spiritual aspect and quit having other things guide my life. And spiritual principles like faith was the first opportunity that I that I really uh, had to do that, to say, what's going to guide my life? Well, faith, you know, the belief that this can happen, the belief that this can can. Uh, work out in my life if I choose to change what I'm thinking about. Yeah, I think for me, I my mind, uh, when I hear or use the word faith, quickly moves to that uh, faith in a spiritual principle, you know, faith in God as I understand God, faith in, um, you know, the the power, the, the way that, that uh, power works in the universe, which I don't think I could ever describe. But it's the word for me, um, I very quickly moved to that spiritual aspect of faith, although I agree with you that, uh, you know, faith faith as belief, um, we all have something that, things that we believe and therefore uh, have faith in. But I, I tend to move to the spiritual aspect of it uh, more than anything. Well, that's a really good place for us to take our break now. So when we come back, we'll open the phone lines for callers and we'll continue our conversation. So please stay with us. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's Eric Butterworth with a Unity Mindful Moment. Jesus taught the infinite potential of man and the influence of the allness of God. And he said, what I have done, you can do. This is the missing link in Christian religion. All that I have done, you can do too. Any great demonstration of law is repeatable. We tend to spend too much time looking to the people who demonstrate the law rather than the act of demonstration itself. Whenever anything is done, it can be done. The principle is what God has done, God can do. And God can do for you because you are involved in the same infinite law. Practical metaphysics then deals with a repeatable Christ. But if Jesus demonstrated the law, the law is demonstrable, therefore it can be done, and it can be done at any time by one who is in that consciousness. To pick up the Eric Butterworth book, Practical Metaphysics, go to unity.org and click on Shop. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Would you like to show your support for Unity Online Radio? You can donate easily on your phone by texting the word VOICE to 50555 and donate $10 to support Unity Online Radio. It's easy to do, and your offering will help us keep inspirational and positive programming on the air. Remember, just text the word VOICE to 50555 and support your favorite shows on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Take some time to relax and tune into spirit with Reverend Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central, join Paulette for a soul-stirring meditation that will leave you energized and inspired. Tune in and connect with listeners around the world in affirmative prayer. Not your everyday radio show. Touching the Stillness will help you bring new meaning and clarity to your life. Find Paulette on Facebook and listen each week right here at Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice and Reverend Dan Beckett. Well, welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're glad you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice, and I'm here with Reverend Dan Beckett. We will resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to let you know that we're opening the lines for callers. So if you have a question or a comment to share, please give us a call at 816-251-3555. Again, the number is 816-251-3555. So prior to the break, we were discuss- we were discussing 
about how we start in this place of feeling stuck and aimless, and how do we move to this place of feeling awakened and realizing that our dreams can come true, and it's related to the power of faith. So, Dan, now that we know that this challenge of falling in a rut causes us to lose our zest in our lives and that the solution is faith, exactly how do we use faith to come back to this vitality and aliveness? Well, some ways that I have, and and again, like we have shared many times, these uh, abilities, these 12 powers that we have are are rarely used in isolation. But the way that um, faith has been helpful for me, getting out of ruts, uh, getting out of an aimless feeling life and moving into uh, what I desire to my dreams is to to couple it with imagination, to uh, envision a new way of being. I know that uh, faith can assure me of uh, positive things to come. Uh, again, faith can uh, tell me that the best days of my life are ahead of me. But um, unless I use my mind to envision what that might look like, or even better, what I want it to look like, uh, then not much is going to happen. And so one way I use faith is to have the confidence to envision a new way of being. Uh, knowing, and it's the faith part, knowing that it can become a reality, even when I don't see exactly how it can work. But just being willing to hold up a uh, hold up a goal or, or a vision or a dream um, with an with a positive outlook that says, "Yes, I can do this. I can't wait to sit, figure out or to see how this is going to work." You know, one of the things that um, I think in particular with the early recovery is the ability to see other people in this community that are that, that are doing what they say they did and that they are farther along the path. They have, be, they have joy in their life. They have zest. They have passion around certain things. They have a reason to get up in the morning. And when I walked in the doors, that was not the way I was feeling. And I didn't believe I could get from here to there. And so seeing others using and demonstrating principles to like the principle of imagination instead of using it to worry and to project all the bad things that could happen in my life. Why not use it to project the good things? Seeing how somebody does that showed me a new way to use these powers that I did have within my mind. And I could see that if somebody else can do it, I can do it. Yeah, I think again, and and we often return to this because it's so powerful is the power of the group and the community because absolutely one one way I can express my faith and uh, vitalize it is by acting on it and talking to other people um, if I have faith that there is a better way a, a better way for me to live a more exciting way for me to live and and I go looking for it expecting to find it. Um, one way that I will do that is just by talking with others. You know, that, uh, that advice that I've heard that says, you know, if you want to do something, go find someone who is doing it and ask them, how did you do this? And usually uh, that person's very happy to share how they did it. I mean, that could be a recovery question for a recovery person, or it could be something unrelated to recovery. You know, some, maybe I have a new career idea, or I want to learn to paint or something, and I'm going to go find someone that knows about that and say, how did you get started? Uh, and that's all acting in faith, knowing that it can be true, and then acting 
like I know it can be true. You know, it, it occurs to me that when we tell stories, because humans are storytelling people, that that's what we're doing is that we are sharing the journey of making this true. This is how this happened for me. And when I walk into a spiritual community, um, such as a Unity Church or a 12-step program, either one, and I hear people's stories of once I was like this, or once I had this, or once this was the way that I was in the world, and now it's different, I'm curious, how did you get there? And, you know, they all pointed to spiritual principles, and, and the foundational one for me is faith. What do I believe in? What do I believe? What's, what belief system is guiding my life? Yeah, absolutely. I find that um, if I'm asking myself that question, uh, and, and, and that's about perspective um, and about awareness. You know, awareness is another thing that we continually return to because it's so foundational for recovery and change or, uh, you know, any any movement from feeling stuck or aimless uh, into a, a life that uh, where we're realizing our dreams, awareness is a huge part of it. And I find one thing that helps me, and again, this is built upon faith uh, in the in the aspect of knowing that it can be true, so I'm going to go look for it knowing that it's there, um, is that I'll, I'll try and sort of step back and get some perspective on things, kind of zoom out, if you will. You know, sometimes I'm so close to something that I can't uh, you know, we, that saying you can't see the forest for the trees. I've got a tree right in front of my face. All I see is bark and people who are talking about a forest, I have no idea what they're talking about. But if I can um, step back and, and zoom out, and, and again, this is a matter of uh, becoming, for me, becoming quiet, um, becoming open and willing to perceive things in a different way, uh, if I'm willing to zoom out like that, I can get some perspective and then possibilities are inevitably, that's what comes out of that possibilities that I couldn't see before. And so my faith allows me to confidently look for those things and then to find them. And within those possibilities, I mean, that's, that's where a vital life is uh, for me is in those possibilities that I can choose from and pursue and explore and experience. And that's, that's living. You know, you reminded me of something that um, it's the way that Brene Brown defines hope. She says that there are three things you have to have hope. And what you're talking about is how did I get hope that I could have a different life? Mm -hmm. And, and the things that she defines are you have to have a goal and we all have goals of one kind or another. She says you have to have a pathway and she says you have to have agency. You have to have a belief in your ability to take that path. And for me, what's usually missing or was usually missing is the path. I did not understand. I got a goal, but here I sit. How do I get from here to there? And faith that if I take these steps, faith that if I show up in these communities, faith that if I learn these spiritual principles and apply them in my life, that was the path. That was the path out for me. And then based on that, I began to learn through my experience, as I described earlier, that, oh, gee, this works. It's, it's going to be okay. It turned out all right. It's, it's, I don't have to stay in my rut. Yeah, that's reminding me of a, a phrase um, that I've heard a lot and used a lot that says, take the first step. 
and the realization that I don't need to see, you know, 10 steps down the path if I have uh, faith. I, if I have faith, then I am willing to take the first step. I can see one step in front of me, and that's all that I need to do. Um, I used to feel strongly like, well, I couldn't begin on something until I saw how it was going to end. And I need, I had a, I felt that I needed to know how it was going to be each stage along the way. And as you can well imagine, that that kept me from doing a lot of things. And today, uh, much different than that, because I uh, have faith that I can apply, I'm willing to take a step even if I don't know what step two is. And, and the faith says, well, when I get to step one, then it will become clear what I need to do next, and I will do that. That reminds me of the phrase, more will be revealed. Yes. You know, somebody, somebody gave me this analogy that helped me a lot, and it was, they said, if you're going to get in the in the car and you're going to drive from Kansas City to New York, for example, you're not going to memorize all the steps along the way and you're not going to know where all the detours are. You're only going to drive as far as the 200 feet in front of you that the headlights show. Mm -hmm. And when the headlights show that there's a change coming up, that there's a that there's a curve in the road or that there's a detour or a bridge out or whatever, you'll deal with it at that point because the next option will become available. And that helped me a lot, just a, a connection that I could could attached to more will be revealed the next step will show up all i have to do is take the first one i love that analogy because uh i think it's very much like that if we were going to take a trip like that in a car wouldn't it be silly to think well i can't i can't even walk out of my house and get in the car until i know the third gas station that i'm going to fill up at i mean what's going to happen if i run out of gas uh you know this uh, so many hours into this, I, I need to get gas. I better figure out right now. Well, that's silly. I don't need to do that. I drive. I am mindful of the gas gauge. When it starts to get below a quarter, I start to look around. Hmm, got to be a gas station near here somewhere. I don't have to figure it out ahead of time. I love that uh, image of the of the trip. And another piece of that is that I have faith that I'm going to get there. I have faith that it's going to turn out okay. I don't ever get in the car, drive in someplace and think, well, I'm not going to make it. You know, so I'm applying, right. <laughs> I'm applying my faith every day that I get into a car, to, you know, with a goal, with a destination. And I may not know the exact steps that are going to take between here and there. This is reminding me of um, what was a, a troubling thought or idea at first and, and and it's this so if this doesn't sound comfortable just hear me out the idea is that i don't need a plan b no plan b because if i have a plan b what that means is i'm planning to fail i'm putting energy into what's going to happen if plan a doesn't work uh that's not helpful and that's not faith what i know now is that uh, i operate without a plan b and if something were to change, which it inevitably does, I'll just make a new plan A at that time. I don't need a plan B in my back pocket um, to have to fall down onto. Probably the most powerful statement I heard about this was from the singer-songwriter Roy Orbison. Uh, Roy Orbison, in an interview uh, after he, he, you know, near the end of his career, people asked him, you know, how did you get started? How did you stick to it? How did you know that uh, this was going to work for you. And he just said, I never had any other plan. This was it. 
There was no plan B. And that's how uh, Roy Orbison stuck with his singing and his songwriting. He didn't have a plan B because a plan B can act like, um, uh, you know, like an escape hatch, almost an, an excuse and a distraction. It can be a planning to fail. Plan B means you're planning for plan A to fail. And I like to apply my faith uh, and be bold in it and say, I don't have a plan B. And if I need to do something different, I'll know at that time exactly what it is I need to do. Just like getting, I'll know when I need to get gas on the road trip. I don't have to figure that out. Well, you know, I think some of us grow into that a little more slowly (laughs) than what it sounded like you, you were able to get to. Um, I know for me, it is a constant, not constant all the time now, but in the beginning, it was really a constant effort not to have a plan B. I was so fear driven, lack of faith driven that I had difficulty not already having plans B, C, and D in line if this didn't work out. Because my goal was to get what I wanted. My goal was not to do what the right thing was. Or my goal was not to do what what, um, was indicated in that situation. You know, and so my motive determined the comfort with my plans A, B, C. And I had to have these backup plans. Today, I like to think that my motives have changed to to a degree that I can ch- make a choice about I want to do the right thing, and I don't know what the next step after that is, but I know this step is the right thing, and so that's what I'm going to do right now. I think that's a key, and, and that's a great uh, example of the difference of um, you know going after what I want versus uh, operating on what is the right thing to do, because as you say, when when I operate on what is the right thing to do, I don't need to worry about what the thing after that is. And, and somewhere along the line, I, I, I got that, uh, I don't know, amount or uh, the kind of faith where I could step out and, and do things like that. I'm thinking of, um, you know, the decision to go to seminary, which for me involved moving, uh, it was my wife and I and our three teenage kids across the country so I could uh, attend seminary at Unity Village. I mean, just saying that out loud, that sounds crazy. I can hardly believe that I did that. Uh, You know, what was I thinking? Uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) I would never have it any other way. It was absolutely the right thing to do, but I had no idea where this was all going. And when I did have an idea, it was something that I made up. Um, like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do this kind of thing. You know, I, I, I like Edwin Gaines, and so I'm going to do what, that was my thing. I'm going to do what she's doing. How do you do what she's doing? I love what she's doing. Well, I'm not doing what she's doing, and I'm not looking to do what she's doing. But that was enough to get me started. Um, you know, what I found out was uh, after we, I was completely done, uh, all of a sudden I learned I love church ministry. Never would have thought it didn't, not concerned one bit, didn't put a bit of effort into thinking about uh, finding a church to pastor, but that's exactly what happened. You know, if I had tried to plan it all out ahead of time, I would not end up where I love to be, but I didn't. And I am where I love to be because like you just said, I'm willing to do what the next right thing is instead of figure it all out and insist on it being my way. 
You know, one of the things that helped me a lot was this um, inspirational books. And, you know, most of the time we talk about spiritual literature, we don't talk about the kind of book I'm going to reference at this point. But at one point, somebody on my journey said, read this book. And it was, for me, what connected the dots. And the book was The Celestine Prophecy, mm. because it it proposed ideas, and then it connected them to what does this look like in somebody's life. And while this was a story, it, it had an underlying meaning to it that was, I don't have to know what the rest of the journey looks like. I just have to get started. Absolutely. You know, I have a, I have a very uh, same experience with a different book. And, and this just came up um, earlier today. I was on the phone uh, with my brother-in-law, who has who not uh, historically been a spiritual person, but is really uh, coming around to it and very excited about it. He said, have you, have you ever read this book called The Alchemist? I said, I read The Alchemist every summer, and I've done so for at least 10 years. And I read it at the beach, and I'm going to read it <laughs> when when I go to the beach with my family in a couple of weeks. That's my Celestine prophecy. That is my, I love this book. I don't know exactly how it works. I love how I feel when I read it. I love what it's saying in a, in a what feels to me like a wordless way. It's just such a wonderful expression of much of what we're talking about, of of moving ahead in faith, of discerning what is the next right thing to do, and then being willing to do that, um, like we keep saying, without having to kind of have it all figured out, and then to have the plan change, like oh well. You know, I want to. I want to do this. Uh, I want to. I want to do what Edwin does. So I'm going to go to Unity School because that's what she did. Uh, only then to get there and realize, oh my gosh, you know, and I've learned so much now that I didn't know before that my goal is changing. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's exactly how it should be. Well, I think that that uh, that does require faith to move forward, and we all have it. It's one of our powers. It's that we choose to believe it's possible, and we choose to take the first step to make that happen. And in anything, that's, you know, sometimes I'm thinking of the first grader that may have to be coaxed onto the school bus, but that's when the change begins, is when we make that decision and take that first step. I'm reminded that, uh, and then once again, and, and we say this often, that uh, th these these approaches are not monolithic, right? Faith doesn't operate on its own. And one way that I use faith to move out of ruts and to uh, realize dreams is to know that I have to let some things go. You know, any decision that I make means I just decided against doing all the other things that could have been done at that time. And so th that program phrase that we have, let go and let God, I think is uh, in order to do that, I need to exercise and bring to bear the faith that I have, faith in spiritual principle, faith uh, in my understanding of God, faith in uh, that that uh, the best days are ahead of me, as I say. So to let go and let God means to shift the focus of my faith away from myself on to something much, much bigger um, that's, you know, hard to understand, hard to describe, that being our higher power. And that that is a way that uh, I exercise faith 
along, of course, with the release is what I'm talking about, letting things go, being willing to let things go, knowing that it will be okay if I let things go. Those are all expressions of faith, and that's essential um, in my growth path. It has been. You know, those old ideas come into play again for me because I had old ideas that, well, if I do this, then that means, you know, I assign meaning to these ideas. And I have to be willing to let go of that meaning because there is no room in my life for a higher power if I've already decided what the outcome is. If I've already decided that if I do this and that means it's going to happen this way, these people are going to feel this way, and this is going to be the outcome, there is absolutely no room for the higher power to work within my life. And so I have to let go of those ideas and those belief systems that are driving my behaviors. Um, and, and so for me, that's, that's a piece of the, the power of, of uh, release and switching what I'm pointing my faith at. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and I've, I've heard that before that, you know, if I have it all figured out, uh, what do I need faith for? You know, if, if I feel like I've got every... I dotted and T cross and all possibilities enumerated and I know exactly what's going to happen. Um, uh, then I don't need faith. Actually, if I did feel that way, I'd say I'm fooling myself, uh, in some way or other, but um, I'm certainly capable of doing that. Another way that comes to mind that, uh, I'll exercise faith in, in creating a better life is to attend some kind of you know, faith group or, or meeting. It, it could be Sunday church. It could be, um, you know, a 12 step meeting. I've heard many people say, um, you know, where I, where I lived for many years, my home group had an 11 AM or still has an 11 AM Sunday, uh, meeting. And many people said, that's my church. And I understood what they meant when they said that they meant, this is where I go to be with spiritual people, to be refreshed, uh, spiritually, to hear uh, new ideas and to have an experience of spirituality in my life um, as I'm there with others who are doing exactly the same thing. So if I'm you know, feeling a lack of faith, one thing that I can do is go to a place where faith is kind of the center of what's going on. And um, I, I find that you know, as long as I choose the one that's appropriate for me, that uh, it can definitely remind me and bring that back in me. And another thing that can be done is um, spend attending a spiritual growth workshops, and that's taking an action to go learn how to expand our uh, boundaries, to expand our ideas and our and our parameters around that, and maybe get some new tools. And so, um, you know, those can be helpful as well. And, and sometimes they're offered through churches, and sometimes there's a lot of them that are just offered out in the community. Absolutely. So uh, how about this? Let's move into action and, and get specific. You know, our, our fifth principle in unity says that it's not enough to know these truths, we must live them. Uh, that means we have to take action, of course, in order to grow and recover. So here's something that you can do this week to move from the blahs, you know, from that uh, stuck and aimless feeling to a dynamic life of joy using the power of faith. We can think of a dream Think of something that that you have or maybe just something fun you'd like to do or maybe a dream you've put on a back shelf sometime. Do you want to visit someplace new? Do you want to have a new experience or learn something new or even perhaps meet somebody new? So go ahead and pick one thing. Uh, A simple thing to start is usually best and take it into a quiet time of prayer and meditation. 
Uh, I find it helpful simply to relax and take it easy and to hold that idea. There's no need to struggle. So for an example, let's use uh, that we want to visit the city of San Francisco as an example. So the first thing we need to do is clear some space. And we do that with a tool in Unity called a denial to deny any power that this blah or mundane feeling or life experience has over us. And so we would say something like, boredom and indifference have no power over me. And we might repeat it a few times um, in our head or to say it aloud and say it with conviction, boredom and indifference have no power over me. And then we follow that up immediately with a bold and positive affirmation of a new experience. So we could say, I am vitally alive through my faith in God. I am fully open to all the amazing experiences in the world around me. You know, and then one of the most important things I think for me is to take a few quiet moments just to take a deep breath and relax and take it easy. We don't have to struggle for this. And when we do, do this, we can give thanks for the new experience in the world and move on with our day. So again, the denial, boredom and indifference have no power over me. And the affirmation, I am vitally alive through my faith in God. I'm fully open to all the amazing experiences in the world around me. Well, we've come to the end of our time together here today, and we hope that you found something to help you on your recovery path. We both bless you on your journey. Thank you to the listeners and callers, and thank you, for Dan, for your uh, insights in the discussion today. And listeners, if you would like, you can connect with us on Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, and give us your thoughts and feedback. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. Have a wonder-filled week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.